My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 103 of The Kate Show. Guys, I'm going to cut to the chase. The first two years of building a new business are the hardest. When I first started my business six years ago, I would watch my teeny tiny bank account rise and fall with the gentle force of a kitty roller coaster. Pretty slow and never getting very high. The lower the balance was, the worse I felt about myself. And the more I felt like a joke, a fraud of a business owner. I wanted people to hire me, like someone, anyone. But deep down, I didn't believe I could do an amazing job for my clients. And I didn't think that they should hire me, quite honestly, but I really wanted them to anyway. If this mind-boggling situation describes you, take heart. I'm going to share the struggle and the angst that I faced as a new business owner in hopes that it will encourage you to keep going, to continue doing things that make you ridiculously uncomfortable in your business, and to know that the payout when you get past those first two years will be so much more than you ever imagined. The first two years in business are the hardest that you may ever face. They can make you doubt everything about yourself, but at the same time, they can also make you emerge stronger and more confident than you ever thought possible. So let's do it. Let's dive right in to all the angst and all the fear, and then what you can do to land your first clients. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Now, I don't know why this is, but for some reason, starting a new business has a way of bringing up every insecurity you or I have ever had about our capabilities, intelligence, experience, or lack thereof, and even our personal appearance. Whether you're completely new to business or you're just new to this particular business you now run, you might be nodding in solidarity because it's like, yep, I feel ya. So if you're like I was, you might feel pressure to look a certain way much like putting on a costume for a drama production so that you, quote-unquote, look the part, sufficiently disguising how inept or afraid you actually feel. You might DIY your logo. You might build your own website. And while those things are not what you ultimately want, you feel like it's a decent reflection of where you are right now, and you don't want people to think you're too high-end yet, because if they met you, they'd clearly see that you're just operating out of your garage and using an old laptop to manage the business end of your creative work. Does that describe you? because it really described me when I first started. And what's more, if you're like me, you maybe aren't sure what branding is. Now, obviously I figured it out because that's a lot of what I talk about, but there was a time when I didn't have a clue. And if you're like I was back then, you might know that branding is more than just a logo, but you're not quite sure what it is beyond that. And how confusing is that, right? Also, you might not have any contacts or social followers or referral partners yet. You might feel like a tiny little mouse in the middle of a canine unit kennel. Everyone else seems to know what they're doing, and they clearly excel, they thrive, and they're rewarded daily. Everyone else seems to matter. Everyone else appears to be making money and taking vacations and sending their kids to the best schools. But unlike your fancy pants colleagues, you don't have a team. Yet. You can't fathom hiring anyone to help you because how on earth would you pay them? The thought of outsourcing things you don't like, such as marketing or bookkeeping, sounds like a dream but you have no money for such luxuries. And despite the lack of funds, you do kind of feel sick every time you send a quote or an invoice because you're thinking, what if they think I'm too expensive and they tell other people? Or 
What if they don't think I'm worth this amount and they ask for a discount or worse, a refund? Or what if they think I don't know what I'm doing? Do I actually know what I'm doing? But it doesn't matter how many things you've accomplished outside of your business launch or how many degrees you have. Starting a business is the great equalizer among adults. Behind those Vistaprint business cars, scuffed high heels, and the smudged mascara, you'll find the exact same thing. Women who want the world to believe in them before they can start believing in themselves. This search for validation shows up in a lot of unexpected ways, and I'm going to go through four of them. The first one is pricing your services based on what you think your clients will be able to afford instead of on the actual value that you provide. Number two, hesitantly posting on social media, careful to only show the highlights and mindful of rarely, if ever, showing your face. Number three, relying on sales or free consults to drum up new leads. This means that you're saying, hey, I'll give you all my free but valuable information for nothing because I'm desperate. Number four, falling for an advertising contract that locks you in for a whole year while being promised that this is the one thing that will push your business forward. If you're like most new business owners, myself included, when you finally get a new client or your first client, you try hard to play the role. You're professional, you're overly polite, the point of not quite being genuine, despite having the truest of intentions, of course. You overanalyze every email you send them. You barely breathe as you prepare and send invoices. You don't charge enough for your time because you're afraid of being undercut by your competition and their supposed affordability. You know you probably need help determining the financial health of your business. You definitely know you need help finding clients. And you're really sick of just trying stuff to see what's going to work with your marketing, what will bring new leads, or what actions will result in actual profit that you take home versus just being able to pay your overhead every month. Now, six years ago, I thought to myself, if I can pay my overhead and keep the minimum amount required in my bank account for the business, it's a good month. But it, that doesn't mean it's a good month, guys. We have to do more than just cover overhead if we want to be in business. But like, if you're like me, I waited a while to hire a business coach and I didn't hire a bookkeeper right away. Now you, you might be delaying on the business coach. You might be delaying on the bookkeeper. You might be Googling different marketing tactics, blindly trying a few and having no idea if they're even the right ones for your business. You might consider boosting a post on social media because maybe that's the answer to your lack of publicity, right? You might dabble in Google advertising because someone once told you that was a good thing to do. Or you might start paying for monthly SEO services even though you have no idea how they're actually benefiting your business. You might not be sure how to measure the return of investment on most of your efforts. And the idea of just trying all these different marketing things evolves into, well, you know, nothing is working. And it ends up putting you one lost lead or one non-responsive client away from, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this. How disheartening is that? I mean, this is the roller coaster that new business owners go through or ride on during those first two years. But it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, why do we do this to ourselves? As females in particular, we start businesses with the mindset that we have already failed and that we need to unfail, quote unquote, before we can start being profitable, impactful, or earn a seat at some proverbial table where all the chic, successful businesswomen sit. By the way, guys, still haven't figured out where that table is. I'm pretty sure everyone just sits on the floor. All right, now that I have described to you the angst that a new business owner feels, the angst and fear and overwhelm that you might be feeling right now, I want you to stay tuned because I am going to share 
more information with you that is going to hopefully transform your perspective on this and help you make the right decisions from a place of strategy and not a place of overwhelm or desperation or paranoia. So stay tuned. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. I'm about to share with you five things that no one may have told you yet about starting a design, staging, or workroom business. Now, I've been working in the home industry as a marketing agency for about four years, and I've been in business a total of six years, which both is and is not a very long time. But it does mean that I somewhat know what I'm talking about, and I also have a lot more to learn. But here's what I've learned so far. Number one, you get to decide how pathetic or unpathetic your business appears to the public. I see a lot of new interior designers, stagers, and decorators making the same mistakes that I did, and that's why I can speak to them and to you guys with such compassion. I get it. The more services I offered, the fewer leads I received. If someone asked me to do something outside my scope of services, I would say yes without pausing to consider the time or equipment or experience requirements that were needed. I operated and marketed from a place of desperation, and it really showed. Number two, I want you guys to keep in mind that you get to decide whether you are the thrift store of interior design or home staging, or whether you are the Gucci. It's all in how you present yourself and your business, from the clarity of your service packages and transparency of your pricing, to the level of realness you share on your website, and the very strategic sales funnel that you use. Number three, you get to decide whether your business is worthy of someone else's investment. If you aren't willing to invest in your own business up front, don't expect people to line up outside your door with checks in hand. Starting a business is not free. Now, here's the truth, guys. I worked part-time jobs for over two years while I was growing my business because during that time, my business could only pay me a couple hundred dollars a month. That was it. And I really felt that people thought my business was a hobby. They tried to talk me down in price or they'd grumble about my consult fees. And the funny thing is, I treated my business like a hobby, so no wonder they saw it that way. When I wanted business cards, I looked for the cheapest option. When I wanted a website, I found the closest thing to free that I possibly could. When I wanted headshots taken, I found a photographer who could try to make me look legitimate, which was really my way of saying, I don't want to look like anything that I actually am. I need to somehow bury my feelings of ineptness in layers of photo editing, yes please. Number four, you get to control how quickly or slowly your business grows. So here's the deal, guys. In 2019, it's now 2020, so last year, in 2019, I worked full-time for like six months. And I didn't work at all for three months because, hello, maternity leave. And then I worked part-time for the rest of the three months. But with all of that in mind, 
I really wasn't surprised when my 2019 profits broke every record my business had reached prior. I wasn't surprised by this great year in business because I had planned for that great year in business. Success in business is never an accident. Yet for those first two years in business, I kept waiting for my big break, for the one tactic or the one strategy that would fling me into the heights of entrepreneurial stardom. But that big break never happened. Years went by. I worked my butt off. I made mistakes. I beat myself up for those mistakes. I was super uncomfortable trying new things. I had to address mindset issues. I had to get to the heart of why I lacked confidence, of why I hated to show my face or my personal life in my marketing. On top of that, I had to tackle the money issues that I had. If making a lot of money felt gross to me, if it feels gross to you, if investing back into my business and paying myself regularly felt difficult or even wrong, I was killing my success before it could even take root. If I didn't want to pay for outsourcing or business coaching or training that would make me a better business owner and a more well-rounded creative, I had no right to expect success to just plop itself in my lap. But this mindset is exactly what I see new designers, stagers, and workroom owners muddling their way through when they reach me. After speaking with people like this from all over the world, I'm equally surprised and not surprised, I guess if that's possible, by how many of them feel they can't even spend $5 a day on outsourcing. That mindset cripples their business before it can even attempt to grow. All that being said, I hope that you're able to conquer those mindset issues. I hope that you're able to shift your perspective and be receptive to what I'm about to tell you next. And that is how to get new clients as a new business, how to transition out of that syndrome that you get the first two years in business, how to maybe shorten those two years so that you only have to experience it for the first year. Keep in mind, though, that all the insecurities and the hardships, that's a rite of passage as an entrepreneur. And if you can get through that, I am pretty sure you can get through anything. If you're ready to get new clients or more clients or your first client, there are a few things that you need to do first. You need to figure out what is motivating you to run this business, start this business. What is it? I know it's more about something of the heart, less about making money. Because that's how we are as creative entrepreneurs. We start our businesses not because we're in it for the almighty dollar, although of course that's nice. We are actually in it because we love doing the work and we love helping people. So go back to your main why. Why are you doing this? I want you to write it down and keep it in front of you because it's going to get you through on those days where you're really not so sure about yourself anymore. Then you need to also take it a step further and specialize in one type of service. It doesn't mean you only offer one type, but you are a specialist in that one type. And you can have a couple add-on services that complement that main service. You also need to specialize in one type of client based on a problem they have or a lifestyle they live or a profession they practice. And that simply means if you're focusing on a client based on a problem they have, maybe you're dealing with someone who lives in a small apartment and they aren't sure how to decorate it or remodel it so that it functions better. That would be a problem. Well, then there's lifestyle. How do you focus on a type of client based on their lifestyle? Maybe they're just busy. Maybe they have little kids. Maybe they have busy careers. Those are all different types of clients that you can focus on. And then in turn, you can create your main service with complimentary two or three service packages around that that caters to that person in the needs and problems they are wallowing in. Next, you need to make sure that you share your face more than you share your logo in your marketing and in your advertising. 
Your face is so much more powerful than anything else you could possibly share. You also need to weave stories about your life into your marketing, much like what I'm doing right now, and do it in a way that relates to your ideal client and helps them through their tough time as well. Lastly, you need to take your potential clients or leads through a clearly defined process that converts them from those interested leads into paying clients. And that thing is called a sales funnel. You've heard me talk about it many times, and it's not that complicated. Now, I have had the absolute honor of watching new interior designers, for example, go from ink to awe in a matter of two years, from asking me to build their first sales funnel to announcing that they've been featured by their dream magazine and sending me emails that say, hey, can you please put a press page on my website? Because I have features that I want to show off. Guys, do you have any idea how good it feels to see your hard work come to fruition? I hope that you can just almost taste it. Much like baking a cake requires specific ingredients and certain steps that must be done in a certain order, creating success in your business and your marketing is no different. So here's the thing. If you're hungry for success, if you're willing to work hard and be uncomfortable and learn, you're going to make it, my friends. When I was at my lowest point as a new business owner, I had the most unique experience happen to me. And I'm going to share that story with you today because there are some moments where I don't know what you guys believe. I'm a Christian. I believe wholeheartedly in God and his plan for my life. And I believe that he uses certain people to speak to me and to tell me the things that he wants me to know in the times when I need them most. Let me tell you this story. I was at a really low point early in my business, but I kept forcing myself out and about different networking events, even though I absolutely hated them. And I attended a networking event at this really fancy waterfront hotel. And let me tell you, it was so awful. I mean, everyone there was really professional. They looked like they'd step out of some high-end meeting where they just landed the biggest project of their lives. But then there was me. My blazer was from a thrift store. My business cards were getting wilted because my hands were so sweaty. And my confidence had really just jumped out of my body and landed in the nearest alley dumpster. I, like, it was not there. I was feeling terrible about myself. Then it happened. I was standing at the huge windows that were overlooking the waves in this hotel and the waterfront and everything. I was really pretending to be in awe of the view. But what I was actually doing was assessing whether those heavy drapes around the windows would be enough to conceal me. Because I just wanted to hide. And then I heard, hello? come from behind my shoulder. And I turned around and it, there was this impeccably dressed woman. She looked to be about in her 60s, maybe early 70s. And she was walking towards me, smiling. And she had what looked to be her husband behind her. And she asked who I was and what I did, you know, typical networking questions. And I answered, but I was pretty distracted by all the glittery rings that she wore on nearly every finger. I mean, clearly she was somebody's rich grandma, right? And I just was like overwhelmed and feeling very, very inept. I was a 23-year-old kid who knew more about the proper care of cows than about fashion brands, but I was pretty sure her entire ensemble cost more than my annual income at the time. But then she said the thing that made me stop my mental tirade. She said, there's something about you. And she turned to her husband and she said, don't you see it? And then she stared at me with this like steely gaze and I was like really awkwarded out by it. Did she pity me? Did she know I wasn't as good as I thought I was or as I hoped to be? And I was just like, oh, okay, like, haha, nervous laugh. And then she looked at me point blank and she said, you're going to be extremely successful. I had no idea what to say to that. But she was like, no, I mean it. I can see it. And she turned to her husband and she was like, do you see what I'm seeing? And he nodded. Now, to this day, I have no idea who this woman was 
or what made her think that, other than maybe she too started at ground zero and she knew what was possible if you work hard. Guys, let me be that person for you today. I believe in what is possible for your business, and I believe that you are the one to make it successful. I believe it will be one of the hardest, most uncomfortable things you've ever done, and I know you can do it. Now, if you want to follow up with me, do you want to tell me about your journey as an entrepreneur in the home industry, head over to my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros, or send me an email at hello at I want to hear your stories. I want to go through this journey with you. Until then, guys, keep your marketing simple. Don't overthink it and keep your message clear because what you're offering to the world is something that is needed and valuable and you matter, my friend. You matter. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.